Hi, I'm Sadeh. And I'm Christian. And this is episode 145 of Shades of Brown. And this week, it's it's uh, it's 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 not a lot. Like not, I mean, there were some big news items, but it wasn't like there's isn't too much. The there we have a game video game topic, and we have well, some hardware. like the biggest story is actually happening right now, right? Because TikTok might be banned in a couple hours, and who knows? The judge is saying they'll have a decision by midnight. So, and we're not recording at one in the morning. No, I'm not doing <laughs> that's that. Not, that's not that's not how this, <laughs> that's not this podcast. Uh, no, we'll if, if whatever happens, we will talk about it next week. Uh, so that, that but I is, just want to say first and foremost, fuck Oracle. Yeah, fuck Oracle. Fuck Larry Ellison. Fuck 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 Oracle. Uh, so let's let's start about another another behemoth of the industry. Uh, it's it's Microsoft news time. Uh, it is Microsoft. Uh, this this news came out of nowhere. I don't think anybody was. Everybody was like, "Wait, what?" It was uh, Microsoft bought uh, Bethesda? They, no, they bought Zenimax, right? Uh, they bought Zenimax, which means they bought Bethesda Softworks. So wait, 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 though, real quick. So we're actually talking about this story, and we're not going to be talking about the fact that Microsoft rebuilt the Xbox Store to be React Native and not Electron. I mean, this story probably is probably the more important one to talk about. But I, I had I, I had my documentation over here. I have NPM packages open now, and now I just I just have to talk about business stuff. You know what? Fuck it. Fine. Go go, yeah. go with this one. <laughs> Let's go. So Microsoft bought Zenimax. Zenimax is just a, like a holding company for Bethesda Softworks. Uh, so Bethesda Softworks, uh, publisher, developer. Uh, they obviously so the fran- I'll list off the franchises so if, if people who don't play video games uh will know what we're talking about. So we have Dishonored, we have uh Wolfenstein, we have The Elder Scrolls, we have Fallout, we have Doom, we have uh, a new franchise called Starfield, we have uh The Evil Within, which is a horror franchise. Uh and also uh an- another new one which only has one game is Prey. So what Prey is not a hold on Prey is not, is wait. Prey not a new franchise. Prey is not a new I mean this I think this remake I, I just Prey think I just been, this is just the one game in the franchise I think. I, I remember I playing like Prey on the original Xbox. Let me see. Is it from 2006? I'm pretty sure Prey is from 2006. I mean maybe right? it is. I don't know. I don't know if it's a new or old franchise. But uh Um checking the Microsoft store right now. Not the new one built in React the website. <laughs> is it, Prey is, it a- is Oh, this is the new one. So this Prey is $30. Okay, it's going to Oh, this has a free trial. Interesting. Um okay, what's the Okay, Prey, 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 Prey. Prey is 2009. Yeah, knew it. Prey was an original game. Although, bro, can we just talk for one second? You know how games, you know, my game stores list their add-ons? <laughs> this game has an add-on that's just called Becky. Released in 2006, is free, and is two megabytes. <laughs> oh, you have another one, Jen. Jen was released in 2006. <laughs> what the fuck is this? Tunnel Rat. Great. 10 megabytes. Tunnel Rat is 10 megabytes. That sounds like some cosmetic DLC, right? Like some costumes or uh, textures. Or whatever. So Bethesda, uh, Softworks, Zenimax Media is the uh, is the corporate parent. Uh, got bought for a price tag of seven point five billion U.S. dollars, which is not un. It's not like it sounds. I mean, it is a lot of money, but like it doesn't sound like it's a lot of money for what they paid for what what they bought. Right? Like the, the what Bethesda has, like what Bethesda Softworks or Zenimax owns from a, a intellectual property standpoint like that 7.5 billion 
or a platform play, which we'll talk about, is not a bad price. For in for context, Minecraft. Uh, this is three times the price Microsoft paid for Minecraft uh, Maker Mojang back in twenty fourteen, uh, and Mojang, of course, is continues to be like a multi platform developer. For for uh, Minecraft is on all the platforms, uh, like literally is on all the platforms. I, I don't think there's a platform that it is not on, even on PSVR. Uh, it's not on PSVR. No, even on PSVR. Oh, even on PSVR. Damn, they they they'd really be on on every platform. So first things. So there's a lot of franchises. So what what is the initial thought? Like what what do you think? Like like what are your thoughts on like this acquisition? As like just from like, do you care about any of these franchises? Does this matter for like? Do you think it's going to improve these franchises? Like what's like what's the st- like what's what do you think is going to happen going forward? I mean, I think I think literally only one thing's going to change, right? And that is that Game Pass is just going to become a really fucking good deal on PC and Xbox now with all these. Because while it does, I think there's been a lot of takes about like, oh, this means no more no more PS5 games for these companies. Like, no, I'm pretty sure Microsoft is like, yeah, pay us 15 bucks a month. But I mean, if you want to pay 70 bucks for one of these games, like, we're not going to stop you. We're from not going to stop you. No, no. Uh, I I think yeah, I think. I think what is going to happen, my my take on this is these all these games when they're gonna have new releases in their in their franchises, uh like they are going to be on Games Pass for a little bit exclusively, right? Like they're gonna be free on Games Pass for a month or something like that. Then they're gonna launch on every platform, right? Like then they're gonna launch on 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 PS5, right? Like then they're gonna like launch on like like basically, yeah, PS5 or Switch or whatever. Like, yeah, because basically, it's like, like, um, it's like with um, what are they called? With with like Disney shows, right? You probably get an exclusive on Disney Plus, but then you can buy it on the iTunes Store if you want to in a couple right, months, right? Right, exactly. Like that's that's what's gonna happen. They're gonna launch. They're gonna they're gonna sweeten the Games Pass deal, right? Like they're gonna make it so that if you have Games Pass, you can play all of these games day one with Games Pass. Like these games are all like all any new fra- any games. Uh, that are new or even old ones like Doom Eternal is coming to Games Pass, right? Uh, so you know, like you can just play it. Like you can, if you have Games Pass, you just get it now. Like that's that's the thing they're trying to do. That's the platform play. Like that. This is they they are buying the they are buying this just so to have like this very strong lineup of franchises, very different franchises as well, right? Like Dishonored is a immersive sim. Uh Wolfenstein is a first person shooter. Uh Elder Scrolls is uh op- like a I guess open world RPG now. Uh Fallout is uh post-apocalyptic open world RPG. Doom t- t- Well, they're basically just buying content, right? It's the same thing like Netflix does. But and Hulu and all of that, right? The exact same play. Yeah. So they they are just like it's a diverse set of franchises, and they expect to expect these to be that dividends in the way that they will it will make Games Pass even more attractive uh, from now on. Like they are making they're entirely into that play. Like they, I mean, seven point five billion. They don't like it's. Yeah, they're just like, all right, we will pay that for 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 to make Games Pass even 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 better. Like, yeah, I mean, Skyrim. I think Skyrim has made that much, or maybe like Skyrim's made uh, Skyrim's made at least over a billion, right? So what? As long as they have like two Skyrims worth, they've already like went ahead, or a couple Skyrims, right? And they've already went ahead, and this is paid itself. Yeah, like the next Fallout game, like bro, like that's gonna sell a lot. Like that's it. It's 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 going to sell a lot. For, for Fallout is a very popular franchise, and it also works because remember. Bethesda sells mods, right? Like, you don't just buy an Elder Scrolls game, right? You buy the game and then you buy cosmetics and mods. 
so this i think and it has already been this. I think we've talked about it actually too, right? Like the whole the whole psych- psychological part of it, where like if you technically pay fifteen dollars a month for Games Pass, suddenly in app or in game purchases become a lot more acceptable since you didn't spend eighty dollars on the game, right? And since it's included with it, you're just sort of like, well, I mean, why not, right? Like, sure, I'll pay I'll pay five dollars for the anime girl skin in um in, in Warzone, right? I didn't buy it. It's the same thing with Games Pass, even though you're paying a subscription for it. It's still not like I'm I spent X amount on this, so I need to get everything out of it. Yeah, exactly. So it is. I, I, so I, this means that there's interest, an interesting thing happened now that the Microsoft bought is that they are going to be still work. Bethesda is still working on two PS5 console exclusives: Ghostwire Tokyo and Deathloop. Those are still going to be coming out on PS5 console exclusively. Uh, but it's like, what is it, like a year exclusivity? I, I assume these deals are usually like a year for these like console exclusives. Uh, for for Ghostwire Tokyo, I mean, it depends on the game, right? But I would assume maybe a year, probably a year, right? Like, but that is still happening, which means Microsoft is going technically release going to be releasing uh, two PS5 console exclusives this generation, which is uh, I didn't think that would happen. That's not on the 2020 bingo card, uh, so you know uh, that happened. Uh, yeah, so like Microsoft, like they in an interview with uh, Bloomberg, uh, Phil Spencer, head of Xbox, uh, confirmed that Bethesda would like honor the existing commitments for PS5 games like Deathloop and Ghostwire Tokyo. I, I mean, it's important to note too that this isn't going to be over, right? This deal is probably not going to close until next year because it has to be approved in every like market they operate in. So it would be silly of him to say, "Oh yeah, we're turning up this exclusivity deal," when like, well, you don't even own them technically yet, right? You just signed the paperwork. So you, it, it wouldn't make sense to do that. So I, I think it's it was obvious to see like that it, they would keep these. But I think going forward, right? Like, what will they even still keep doing those sort of exclusive deals? Yeah. So Spencer, Phil Spencer said, future Bethesda games will be uh, considered for other consoles on a quote unquote on a case by case basis. So I think that just means that they might they're hedging their bets like they might have some of these franchises be console exclusive maybe maybe like Starfield or like whatever will be console exclusive just 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 you know just to flex well i mean look at look at how they handle switch ports right for like for example there's a lot of first party games that don't come to switch but then like the ori games they port to switch because they are cuphead right so I think it's on like a, it's it's that same basis, right? Like if they think that the uh, the people on Sony platforms will buy it, which they probably yeah, will for Star Wars, right? Or on Switch, right? Or on Switch, right? Yeah. Then they'll then they'll yeah. port that specific game instead of having like a full on commitment to that. Yeah, platform. so that's that's the thing. I I expect most of these games to be multi platform with with uh like a month long uh Game Pass exclusivity at launch, right? Like Game Pass on PC and Game Pass on Xbox. But what about on Steam though? Do you think Bethesda games are not going to be pulled off of Steam? Will be exclusively through the Windows Store? Uh, I think I I think it will. Uh, I think it will be uh, Microsoft Store and uh, Steam, like uh, for just, just like it is with the Halo Master Chief Collection. Well, actually, I guess we the mods too, right? Wouldn't it have to be in Steam? Because I don't think you can mod a UWP game. Uh I think you can. I think you can, but it's like kind of weird. Uh, but I think, yeah, they will keep it on Steam just for people who want to mod stuff, right? Or uh, whatever. Uh, I think there will be a, like a Steam version and a Microsoft Store version for sure. So there'll be two of these versions, two PC versions. That's it. Like, I don't think it would be on any other store. Obviously, I don't think it'll be on Epic Games or other stores, but I, I'm wondering what is going to happen with Bethesda's own launcher. Are they going to like stop using that? Like, they, you know, like, so, like Bethesda has their own launcher, right? Like, they started doing it for like 
some new games. Uh, I, I don't think gonna, anyone would cry. I think they... no, no. I'm not certain. I'm certainly <laughs> won't. I'm not certain. Like I think it's useful. Like Elder Scrolls Online uh, or whatever, right? Elder Scrolls Online is gonna be a thing, bro. Uh, Elder Scrolls Online Two has a Stadia version. I wonder what happens to that. Because on the ours piece, we have Link. They went ahead and said, right? They're like, oh yeah, we're committed to supporting our platform. Yeah, it says uh, it says uh, Zenimax Online Studios Studio Director Matt Farrow confirmed that ESO will continue to be supported. Exactly as it was, and we fully expect it to keep growing and thriving on each of the platforms that are currently supported. So that means P- Xbox One, Windows, PS4, Mac, and Stadia. Uh, I didn't know it had a Mac version, but okay. Uh, a Mac, it's like Final Fantasy fourteen. I'm pr- 90% certain. And if it is not, please correct me, but I'm 90% certain it is a wine wrapper. Oof, that's that's rough. But yeah, there is a Stadia version. And uh, the Zenimax, uh, Matt Ferrer said on, on the record that uh, it will continue to be supported. So, you know, well, I mean, he, Todd Howard also said a lot of things on the I record. I mean, Todd so Howard said on. a lot of things on the record, <laughs> but that was E3. You know, you say stuff on the record at E3, nobody gives a shit, apparently, if you lie, uh, because it's E3 and you're expected to lie. Um, that's the game industry for you. Uh, so, like, yeah, uh, Microsoft has been buying studios, right? Microsoft bought a few indie studios, right? Microsoft bought Double Fine last year, which uh, Double Fine is the studio that makes uh, with uh, Psychonauts too. Uh, they bought uh, Undead Labs, which is uh, State of Decay, and Playground Games, which is my favorite. It's uh, it's Forza Horizon. Um, We're now working on Fable, which is mm. but but I mean, I guess the, the there's the big question, right? Of well, I guess we have to take a step back and preface this with saying probably consolidation in general is a bad thing. Yeah. But at the same time, right? Like if it's big companies buying big companies that just make content, does it really matter as much? Or like, is it as harmful as if, say, Microsoft is buying up every indie I left think, on, left I think, right? um I think on Waypoint Radio on Monday when uh, Gita was uh, talking about this, she was like, it is like sort of like Disney buying Fox, right? Is, I think is she what she compared it to? Disney buying Star Wars, right? Disney buying Star Wars, right? And it's sort of like these, like Bethesda at this point was such a big, like Xenomax was just a big company with all these intellectual properties, right? Like that's that's what that was, right? Like Xenomax was not, uh, Xenomax Bethesda was not some indie studio. Uh, so it, it is, as you said, one big company buying another big company. Though to be fair, Xenomax is not the same sort of big as Microsoft is, right? Obviously, I mean, that's that much is obvious I, uh, to everybody, I would assume. But Zenimax is not as big, but it's still Zenimax is a like, big company. And the price tag with it comes to like the acquisition price tag of $7.5 billion, which apparently Microsoft paid in all in cash. Uh, which is, uh, which is, you know, uh, that's, that's a thing. It's not a stock buyout or whatever. Uh, it's Microsoft, bro. They, they have like, I think that's, we always forget about this. I think when we talk about video games, but like how much bigger it is, right? Like for, for Sony PlayStation carries a lot of Sony, right? It's like, it's like selling components, like, you know, storage and, and camera modules and stuff. And then like PlayStation, whereas Xbox is big. Sure. But it's like, like it's not Azure money, right? It's not Office money. No, it's, that's what I think. It's one of those things. I think when John Gruber 
talks about Apple's various things. And it's like one of these things could be a Fortune 500 company on its own, right? Like Microsoft's Xbox division could be a Fortune 500 company on, on its own, right? Like that's like, that's just how it is. Like these, these companies are absurdly, ridiculously big. Uh, so that's, that's, that's the world we live in right now. So it just got even bigger. Uh, so Microsoft now has Obsidian Entertainment as well. I mean, they bought that in 2018. So, yeah. And I mean, I think the wildest part too is that Satchel Adela is like, yeah, we're not done buying companies. So now, now, I mean, I guess like, I, I would not be surprised if they just try and buy like every big Western developer, right? Like, Honestly, if I had to like take a hot shot at like what company they buy next, I wouldn't go for a Japanese one because I don't think any Japanese companies would sell to Microsoft. Like unless they're like strapped for cash, right? What I don't what think if, they would. What if what if Microsoft bought Square Enix? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. It's not gonna happen. It's never gonna happen. But you know, bro, what if? Like <laughs> it's CD Project Red. Like real shit. Ooh. I think the most viable company for them to buy is probably like but, CD but Project in, Red. You know, that one is gonna create some problems because CD Project Red also owns GOG. And I think that sort of creates like an antitrust, but I don't know if that's like a regulators care about that video game market in that way. But I mean, regulators, I don't think they understand video game markets enough to actually put a stop to that. Yeah. But like, that's a, that's a big antitrust problem. Like, right. Like GOG, I mean, also GOG is at CD Projekt Red are a Polish company. And in that case, uh, I would imagine European antitrust laws apply. Uh, which which is the whole can of worms, I would expect. I don't think CD Projekt Red is selling to anybody at this point. But then, I mean, I guess, like, if you're... And once again, we're now just, like, lawyer speculation mode. But, like, if I... But if we're going to talk to the EU about big companies, we just point to Ubisoft, right? Just say, hey, Ubisoft, right? Once again, fuck Ubisoft. Um, Insert Jim Sterling, fuck Bethesda dance here. Oh, my God. Bro. Bro. We Jim can now add a whole, like... Because you know how he has the pathetic dance, right? <laughs> he can now incorporate other properties into the pathetic dance. Oh, holy shit. It's it's a whole new era. Like it's it, a whole new it, meme. <laughs> yeah, so I'm I'm just I like I'm not like particularly invested in like I like some of these franchises for sure. I like Doom, I like uh I like Dishonored, I like Wolfenstein, you know, like I like these games, but like I'm not like particularly worried or anything. If anything, I think with Microsoft's stewardship i think maybe we'll get better games than we have gotten from bethesda studios recently uh like well you definitely there's a no there's a limitless funding right basically i mean like does bethesda i mean the most recent bethesda game that's in everybody's memory is uh, of course our favorite fallout 76 uh which uh if you have not heard about Fallout 76 i'm happy for you but you know it's not good uh, put it politely. It's 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 not it's not a good game. Uh, and two, like if they could make a good Fallout game, I think they will win a lot of uh, praise. Uh, if, I don't know, like if they can turn turn Fallout around as a series, you know, like it's kind of on the downhill. I mean, I would argue that Fallout Four was good, but I know it's a contentious take. Please don't at me. Please don't <laughs> I, at I, me. I, 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 <laughs> I, I'm not going to add you because I don't. I don't really like Fallout. As oh a no, series, no! This is for so the it, audience who I know will very much get my menchies and be like, "New Vegas was the best game ever." Guess what? New Vegas was fine. New Vegas three is better than New Vegas, and four is an acceptable game. And seventy six isn't that bad if you just play it as a single player game and ignore all the multiplayer parts of it. God, do not at takes. me if you have feedback. Please at packetcat10forward.social. <laughs> He'd be more than happy to gauge all of your feedback on this. But like, <laughs> but I think you could agree that Fallout seventy six was a downhill 
slide for well i think if i think what you would get from and this is what you usually get with these bigger acquisitions right is that if they wanted to make a game like fallout 76 they can just call like the force of people right or whoever has an existing good multiplayer engine and just say build it on unreal just stop using whatever the garbage engine that but the not garbage but like whatever the engine that they're using that's fucking 20 years old or whatever like please just make bethesda use a engine from this era like come on i mean bro. unreal doesn't really serve itself for like a skyrim like game though it's not i mean for that. maybe maybe not unreal maybe something else that's in the modern or maybe unity i don't know like there are other other like they could make their own i don't know they could invest in a new game engine I, maybe it's just just not that hunking piece of junk that they using like to build they built fallout 76 when it was not meant to be multiplayer like that engine was not no well no, no that's, that's what i'm saying yeah they can like call over someone else right and use their engine that's sort of the technology sharing you get with like bigger companies but i think ultimately there's like two minds in this right there's number one me as someone who has games pass cool it gets a better deal but then there's also um me the 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 leftist where it's like huh yeah that's a lot of sure is a lot of consolidation there it sure sounds like a pretty bad time in 20 years from now when games pass is 75 dollars includes hbo and ten thousand other things you don't want as a cable package because that's what they're gonna do it, just and like and, and like just like I, I think a lot of where gaming is going towards, Sony excluded, but I think Nintendo's eventually probably going to fall into this, is that they're just building like cable TV packages, but for video games, right? And I think like you can eventually see Game Pass going into Game Pass Ultimate plus TV and sports games, right? Plus X genre. Because I mean, if we look at it, fuck, I guess, fuck it, we'll pivot into our next topic, right? Amazon's literally doing that with Luna. <laughs> so um so yes yeah, so let's pivot into our uh amazon had a infomercial stream the, uh, <laughs> was it public unfortunately but i heard it was really good it was uh yeah apparently it was very funny it was uh they had some really infomercial bits in it uh so they do we want to talk about the gaming service first but we want to get the hardware out of the way. i think we should get the hardware out of the way well uh, i mean the- we're, we're going to talk about what enables the gaming service your favorite this is um your, your static's favorite segment, networking equipment. Take it away. Uh, oh my god! Okay, so uh, new Amazon hardware. Uh, uh, the ones that I don't care about will go first with those. So uh, Ring, Ring drones. Uh, you have uh, something called a Ring Always Home Cam, which is like uh, it's a little tiny self docking drone that flies around inside your home streaming video off to amazon's cloud um for review in smartphone apps um, and 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 because of their illustrious partnership the local police uh, departments in the u.s gives gives first responders a bird's eye view into what you're doing apparently you can now turn that off apparently that's something that's that's uh that's uh, that's a new feature apparently you know uh, that you can turn off the neighbor feed you could turn off the cops you can turn off no, not the cops, but like the integration with like the like the data sharing agreement or whatever with with the cops. You can turn that off. Uh, they mentioned that on the Verge guys. It was apparently like a point of contention, and people, uh, Ring was Amazon was like, "Yes, we will let you have an." Uh, there's an option now. You, you hit that option, it will no longer share your data with with the cops, and and will turn off the neighbor feed as well. Yes, yes, because you know the most the the parts of the town and cities that are most targeted by police are definitely the rich white suburbs that have ring cameras and can afford to have those installed, right? So of course they wouldn't need their data shared with the police. That wouldn't um, you know, that that's definitely where we want to stop where we want to target if we're talking about data sharing with the with mm. officers, right? Mm. There's a lot of weird shit like that. Like ring is really in with the cops. 
Uh, and this makes the sort of drone product uh, very. Uh, I do not like it. I'm not. I'm not. I'll just say I'm not. I'm not. This is not for me. Uh, obviously. Uh, well, I, I mean, know. I think also neither me nor you are at the wealth level where we have enough property that we would need a drone to fly around in it. Exactly. Like, what am I going to do with this? It's going to fly around the apartment. Like, what? What's like? Well, I mean, no. it's going to fly around your living room and nothing else, right? Yeah. It's like, like what? What's going to do? Uh, oh my god! You could program it to like start hissing at people every time they use Wi-Fi on a laptop instead of plugging in Ethernet. <laughs> god it's 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 gonna cost 250 dollars uh and it's probably gonna be coming out in 2021 so there's a lot of vaporware right now uh so that is the ring always home cam and it apparently their their little like slogan for it was privacy you can hear because these drones are loud uh, which you know, that's uh, a great way to spin the fact that they couldn't d- exactly. They didn't that's what that's what I on the broadcast. It's a great <laughs> marketing. Like whoever, whichever marketing person came up with that, give them a raise because they're clever. Uh, maybe they should work at a different company than Amazon. Is clearly, uh, but yes. So what else? What else is there? There is uh, there is a new um, Echo device, a fourth generation Echo device, which is now a cloth covered spear with the halo at the base uh it is no it's an orb it's an orb it's a wet orb uh you know what i'll say it's a nice design okay like i i think it's a nice nice looking thing okay it's it's not i like the little blue light i like the little orb design like you know it's it's a nice hardware design i i respect it uh but you know what i don't respect is is alexa listening to me so uh so it's not it's not happening so i'm not, I'm not buying an echo uh i mean as, as much as i want to say that um i'm against having speakers in my home that listen to me all the time i, I have a home pod right across the corner from here so really i actually can't say anything bad about it i would just say you know um no actually neither company is better than each other uh, i mean not like you know you if you See, if you want to get the orb that listens to you, own it up. You know, say it. I have an orb that sends everything back to a union busting company. You know, and and I, I respect the honesty. Yeah, you know, just just have that. Like have the, like have that on your like on your door. Like when somebody comes in, or a guest comes in, and you're like, yeah, yeah, if you, you know, just 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 heads up. You know, I've got a I've got a, a Echo Dot or whatever. Like you know. Although, can uh, we talk about the Echo Show that looks at you when you talk at it? Because outside of the fact that it's not. I think it's cool. I, I think, think it's, it's cool, cool, but I do not. I do like yes, from a technological and like tech part, like from that from that perspective, it's cool. The Echo Show Ten is their new like ten inch tablet to you know have conversations with your family and the kitchen. Uh, apparently, that's a you know a common use case. Uh, well, not just your living room. Like think about video calling, right? Like doing video calling and then you walk around in the camera and the device actually moves to keep you in the shot, right? Because like some cameras will try and like smart zoom and stuff to do it. But I think having it move makes it a lot smoother for video calls. And I mean, okay, okay. Like we're 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 talking like peak, like peak middle class, like affluent style shit here, right? Like, but but I can see in fact, right? Like you're doing dishes, you know, and you're just calling someone, you know, talking about the 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 latest Disney show, Disney Mulan movie that has the FBI logo on the um or the FBI slogan on on the little sword on the sword you know and and you're just trying to talk to to your to your girls about it and you know you're doing dishes at the same time you know you just have that go showing it you know just it, it just looks around with you when you're walking around your apartment eating your I, I don't know where I'm going with this but there is a use for it 
there is a use for it. Well, yeah, it is. I mean, I I, I understand. Like, I like uh, on on like it's 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 an interesting. Like, if you do that kind of thing, I think uh, definitely the the thing moving around with you is is a good feature. I I just I just think it's a little a little creepy. Uh, but that's just me. Uh, and I mean, also too, when I when I when you know when you finally connect like all these smart things up to your insecure Wi-Fi, I'm now going to be able to rotate the camera around as I'm looking in your home when I hack it. You know, that's great. It's it's just out of Watch Dogs too, bro. It's just like Watch Dogs, like it's coming real. It's becoming real. Uh, like the the feature is here, uh, and it's bad. Um, uh, so Fire TV sticks. I don't know if it, like I don't know some I know some people do care about this. Uh, there's like a Fire TV stick light, which is like a thirty dollar one, and like the non light one, which is bro. That light one's gonna sell hot on the street. Yeah, that, you know that, that's, that's gonna be hot. Yeah. No, 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 no. Okay, and I, I don't think you're savvy to this world, but let me tell you, there is such a big aftermarket of buying jailbroken Fire TV sticks with like hack TV content on it, right? That like preloaded with Plex servers. Yeah, yeah. Like I had some boys back when I was working my last job. They do it on the side. They would install Plex, hook it up to some public servers. They would like inst- like bypass. Like I think there's some way you can like crack a couple of media streaming apps so you don't have to pay for them, right? So they did a couple things like that and preloaded on a Fire Stick and then sell them outright to people for like fifty that's, bucks well, and make a profit a, on them. That's that's some. I learned something new. I didn't. Street's know that was gonna a- love the Fire Stick light because it's gonna be so many of these like little jail hacked jailbroken Fire TV sticks are gonna be running around right and i i think it's beautiful okay so the fire the, the 31 both devices are like have eight gigs of storage and like i've had faster processors than the last few last version and you know 1080p uh they didn't release a new version of the 4k version the uh the fire tv stick 4k uh they didn't release a new one uh so you know so you've been on the quest though to get your mom a new streaming tv uh, box this is not it uh but the the google event which is happening on wednesday september 30th uh will have a new uh android google tv thing that's like a chrome chromecast thing as well uh so that one looks promising so i will i will, I will probably buy that one instead uh no uh so that's that's it. now for the final thing the networking thing that we are all excited about uh apparently <laughs> Uh, <laughs> is the uh, is the Wi-Fi six Eero? Uh, so Eero, as people know, was uh, before like they these they made these mesh networks, uh, mesh network like mesh Wi-Fi products, not mesh networks. That's a different thing. Uh, like mesh Wi-Fi products. Uh, well, they we'll did announce the mesh network. We can talk about it in a minute. Yeah, we can talk about that. It's it's a little thing. Uh, but yeah, the mesh. Uh, what, so the Eero is Amazon bought Eero, uh, which is I, I guess a smart. Purchase on their on their part, uh, and they are releasing a new set of Euro products uh, with uh, the the latest and greatest uh, Wi-Fi standard, uh, Wi-Fi six. So if you are if you are uh, most people are not on Wi-Fi six on their on their wireless access points, I would imagine. So this is. I, I mean, I would actually argue that most people probably aren't on Wi-Fi five. I would take a shot in the dark and say most consumer routers are just like N right now, or I guess whatever number N would equate to. And I mean, AC, AC is becoming more popular, which is would be Wi-Fi five, right? Like Wi-Fi. Uh, eight hundred eleven AC would be Wi-Fi five, and for Wi-Fi six would be eight hundred uh, eleven AX. Uh, so if you have like, for example, if you have like an iPhone 11 Pro or something like that, it is indeed a client device that supports connecting via Wi-Fi 6. So if you, if you're going to upgrade your Wi-Fi system, like this is one of the things that I'll give, I guess, a little bit of advice is that if you're going to upgrade Wi-Fi systems, make sure 
It is something that supports Wi-Fi 6 because you're going to probably be going to be using that router for router or access point uh, device uh, set for years. So you want to get whichever the latest standard is, right? Just so you don't have to upgrade it. Uh, so actual question then, what's the difference between 6 and 6E? I actually do not know. I uh, There is a difference, but it is, I actually do not know the difference. I do not keep up with the Wi-Fi standards as closely as I should maybe, but like I, I know it is, there are no, as far as I know, there are no Wi-Fi 6E products. Uh, so if you, if you're buying a new, like if you want to like, you're on like N or like, if you're like, uh, on AC and you want to like, you know, have a new set of, uh, Wi-Fi hardware, like, or if you're moving or something, I don't know. Uh, you, you want to get one of these, right? The Euro 6 for the value is pretty good. Like, I will say Jim Salter, I think also agrees though. At this time around, they made it so that you, you get, uh, the kit is like, uh, the two hundred dollars, but you you get the one, uh, you get two like a two piece the USB Pro router and like the USB uh, extender kit as a kit for two hundred dollars. But if you want three pieces, you will it'll have to be like uh, two eighty dollars, right? Before I think it was cheaper to get three pieces, but now it's I guess more expensive. Uh, if you live in like uh, a two bedroom apartment, uh, two pieces is fine. Um, I think uh, it depends on the layout and the uh, and the uh, like how far how big it is. Like, but I think for most two bedrooms apartments, like uh, having the having the one the basically what they call the router and the extender is fine. Uh, it's 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 so two hundred dollars, right? Two hundred US dollars. Uh, it's 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 a pretty like you will like it's a pretty good deal if you're fine with buying an Amazon networking product. Um, which is, I know some people are listening to our podcast are like, I will never do that. And I, and I hear you, but this for a lot of people is a very good deal. So the question's going to be then for me to you, because I don't know anything, because I have a Nighthawk because I heard it was good on Wirecutter. That's literally how, that's how I, that's how I picked my router. But what's the difference between like the regular and the pro and specifically like that back band, that back call band, whatever it's called, like the, it has three bands instead of two, right? If you use the pro one. So... So what happens with the tri-band is, I would imagine, is what happens if you're using wireless backhaul. It applies only if you're using wireless backhaul. Is that if you have a tri-band device and you have one 2.4 gigahertz radio and two 5 gigahertz radios, I, I do not know this for sure. I don't have the details in front of me, but I would think it uses one of the 5 gigahertz radios for wireless backhaul. And the other one is for... Uh, other one is for like client devices, right? So you get two Wi-Fi rate, two five gigahertz radios, right? One of them is used for basically transport between, between the extenders and the router, right? So like if you're going to use wireless backhaul, I think a lot of people are going to be using wireless backhaul, but just because people don't want to run Ethernet everywhere, understandably. Uh, but if you're using wireless backhaul, I would recommend that you get the Eero Pro 6, which is a tri-band device, because that means that your backhaul the capacity and quality will be better. That means that it is not sharing backhaul with the rest of the client traffic. And now for um, the next question, what the fuck is backhaul? <laughs> backhaul basically means that like the extender needs to connect to the, the, the base, the router, right? Like how is it connecting to your network, right? Like if you have the extender... Sitting in, say, if you have the you have the router device plugged, say maybe the the it's not really a router, but the base I'll call it the base station. So if you have the base station 
plugged in via 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 Ethernet to the to maybe like a switch or or your directly into your router, right? It's plugged in, so it, it's 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 on the one on the LAN port. But the extender is in in a different room, and it is just like connected to power and connected via wireless backhaul to the main hub, right? It is connected via wireless instead of a wired connection, right? So that's what I mean when I say backhaul. Uh, it's just right, what is the right. house? Okay, that makes your, sense. Yeah. How is it connecting to your network, right? Instead of Ethernet, it's it's connecting using if it's using the tri-band device, it'll use like the one of the five gigahertz radius. That is my assumption. I do not know this for sure. I do not have the specs or whatever. Like I don't have the details, but if you have a tri-band device, I think that's what I would I mean, that that would make sense to me. Uh, so if you are planning on using a wireless backhaul, then you should get the one with the tri-band, like the Edo Pro 6. Uh, the non-pro devices are dual-band. So if you don't want to, I don't, like, it will still work, but I wouldn't recommend like wireless backhaul on those. Uh, and all of these have uh, Zigbee functionality, if you care about that. Uh, I, don't, I don't know how many people in our audience care about Zigbee, but uh, you know, it's, 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 uh, these things support uh, Zigbee. Yeah, because so. that'd be for smart home stuff. But did, do you know if these have the Seesaw, whatever it's called, Sidewalk, whatever it's called for that? Um, uh, yes, I believe, I believe all the devices announced today have Sidewalk. I'm pretty sure like pretty, every Echo device, uh, every Wi-Fi I think the Wi-Fi devices uh, basically become like base stations for for sidewalk. So sidewalk for people who don't uh, who didn't who don't like read the tech blogs is uh, is Amazon's new uh, what what is it is a mesh network. It is actually a mesh network. It is a it is their own proprietary mesh network uh, on 900 megahertz unlicensed spectrum. Uh, so they're they're gonna make this sidewalk part. It's basically like tile, but with a mesh network, right? Like it's the ultra wideband thing with Apple products, right? Like it's basically like you have the all, all of these devices that uh, have this this the the sidewalk capability built into them, and they're they're talking to each other, uh, and they're on this mesh network, right? And Say you want to like find a device, find where a device is. You can like you know look it up on on the sidewalk. Like if you, it has it's all authenticated and encrypted apparently. And I don't know what the details are, but that's what they're saying. And uh, apparently it'll work really well if you're in a densely populated area. But if you're not, it's 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 not gonna it's not gonna work that well. Uh, so no, it's it's a thing. It's there. They are attempting a thing. Uh, they, it's gonna be supported on all current and even previous generation Echoes. So uh, it's it's gonna it's gonna have pretty wide rollout, I would think, uh, for for something that they're launching. So it is it is a it is a thing. I don't know how well it's gonna work or if it's gonna work at all for people. Who knows? That's that's still up in the well, air. Well, I but. mean, here's here's the most dystopian play, which will actually happen because it's 2020. Cops in suburbs will go ahead and start advertising ring cameras because they have the data partner sharing partnership, right? As a uh, community protection program. And as a part of those, you'll also be given nodes for sidewalk, right? And um, assuming that Amazon continues their relationship with the police, say you need to locate someone, right? And they have a device with sidewalk on them. Well, you can find that person and you just get the identifier from Amazon. Or if all the Fourth Amendment violations are sitting right there. Um, God, yeah, I, I do not. I'm not a like. I just do not like the sort of 
I mean, I know what this is doing, and I know, yeah, we're ju- we just outlined the most dystopian thing over, and yeah, it's possible. Like that is entirely a entirely possible. They control the network. They control the protocol. They they can they, they can push firmware updates to these devices, to change the behavior. So, and I mean, any- I already I live in a city too, right, where Amazon does have <laughs> pilot programs with the police locally, right? So that is why, like, while I'm like kind of like half half joking when i'm putting this out like not really because i already live in a city where like if i go downtown i don't know if they've ended that yet but i know for like a good period of time all the ctv cameras around or ctv whatever they're called those were um those were all a part of like some you know like facial recognition style stuff that amazon was piloting i i'm not a fan Uh, and this is one of those this is one of those caveats that i have for like the euro 6 wi-fi stuff is that while the wi-fi stuff is uh is actually like very pretty good for the price. I am like very iffy about the Amazon thing. Is like the integrations and like the sidewalk stuff. Like I do not do not wish to be part of a mesh network of this kind. If I want to do a mesh network, it will be with my own devices that run like like an open protocol. I do not really want to do not really want to have the Amazon protocol be running like i that's just just not a thing i want to do uh so if i i would just imagine a lot of audience are like yeah i don't i don't really want to buy these wi-fi the euro products because of that either so yeah it's fair enough like but you know a lot of people are going to buy this and this is something we have to be uh, talking about because it is amazon makes these products these are popular products uh so uh these are mainstream products so we have to talk about that so that's that's Amazon. I don't think is there anything else to talk about? Uh, we did oh we forgot about Luna. We we have to talk about Luna. Well, Jesus. Well, I was about oh my god, I was about to say if I gave you twenty minutes to talk about a fucking router, I can at least get a little bit of time. All right, to talk all right. This about is all. This, I'm, I'm gonna take a drink and you can talk about what what Luna is. So just go 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 go. All right, uh, so. Amazon also announced a streaming service called Luna, which is for streaming video games over the internet. Instead of it being like a um, console in the cloud style service like how Stadia is, right, where you can buy games, it's only subscription-based. The early access price, while it's in beta, is going to be $6.99 or $6 a month, I believe. And then, of course, it'll probably go up to like $13 or something afterwards. But basically how Luna works is just like Stadia, controller that connects to Wi-Fi, and then a um you know just like a, a web app that will run on mac pcs um surprisingly ios with android support coming later and the mm, the ios thing is a little yeah we'll talk about that but yeah, yeah and so you basically and they're even saying like we mentioned earlier that's like games about to become like tv and this is sort of where we got that from because luna is basically going to be like they said we'll have channels like for example so we have the ubisoft channel which gives you all the ubisoft content you may or may not want but as well they could be other you know ea could in theory have a channel right down along the line yeah anything like that down along the line and how does this work on a hardware level is that it's a lot more like geforce now than stadia because it's just like windows server vms on e- on aws right running nvidia gpus In- nvidia t4 gpus specifically they're running on aws ec2 g4 instances uh with t4 gpus which have uh uh Turing tensor cores and also grid virtualization drivers, which I imagine would be necessary because these are virtual machines. Uh, which is this is like a thing that I like. This just is stayed. Is did just this kill GeForce now? Is this just going to kill GeForce now? Is well, GeForce now you can play your existing games, right? So it's a different market. 
This is subscription. You get all the games that are in Luna, whereas GeForce Now is right. Whatever your Steam oh, library, so Epic Games library All these is. are different pricing models. So, okay. Same so tech not- on the back end, right? But really, like, just different pricing models. So that's why I think they're fine to be, like, as separate products. Uh, that controller looks okay. It looks like a Switch Pro controller, which is fine. Um, I'm fine with that. It's just the standard hardware, like, controller design. Like, it's not really anything mind-blowing. Uh, it's fine. So. You signed up for the beta or whatever, right? Like, you, yeah, I haven't gotten in yet, though, but I did sign up to see if they'll let me in. Um, and as well, like, I think the most important part to talk about here really is just like the iOS support because they claim they worked with Apple to get it to work properly. And I imagine what it is likely is, is the fact that iOS 14 supports quick. Um, which basically is like a Google made protocol, I believe, that just allows like specific real time sending of packets over the network. And specifically, Stadia uses it. And I believe YouTube Live on Chrome uses it as well. Don't quote me on that one. But basically, with that protocol, you can, in fact, get Stadia to work on Safari in iOS 14 and also in. Um, if you download the technology preview, the beta version in Catalina right now or on Big Sur by just switching the user agent to be in Chrome. It's a little janky because like the controller isn't working all the way, but you can get it to work from a mouse and keyboard or like a Bluetooth controller without issue. And so I imagine Amazon's likely using something similar and just, you know, with like a tested version of getting the controller working. Piece is well too. So Apple actually added native support for the Stadia controller in the most recent um, iOS 14.2 betas. And also in the newer Safari technical preview for Mac OS. Oh, so it, it's it's happening. It, it, it's going to happen. So it is that controller also like Stadia connects to the game servers via Wi-Fi directly, right? It's not connecting to your machine, which which makes sense, I guess. Uh, because you're connected via Bluetooth, and that's the... Well, arguably, it might be like, Wi-Fi has latency, but Bluetooth has more latency than using Wi-Fi, right? Like, there's a reason that Microsoft sells like a 2.4 gigahertz thing for Windows if you really want to use, like, Xbox controllers. Because in theory, they could only make it Bluetooth, but Bluetooth is not a... Um, Ideal protocol? Yeah, I I have the do- I I I have the dongle. I have the Xbox uh, controller dongle that I've used for years. Actually, it's it's uh, I've, been, I've I've had it for a while, uh, and it's good. It, it works. It works quite reliably, actually. Uh, so you know, nice. It's not Bluetooth, right? It's like uh, like some sort of custom. Yeah, it's like two point four gigahertz, like the Logitech wireless remotes and all of that. And I would imagine too that with the Eero routers, Amazon will probably have like special special QoS rules for this controller specifically, right? To prioritize traffic. Mm, that's that's the thing. Yeah, that's the integration. Because Google the, already does it with um, the Nest Wi-Fi. It already has specific options to prioritize a Stadia controller and Stadia when you're using it. Oh, so and it's like it's going to be limited to 1080p, 60 FPS uh, at first, and they said the 4K support is going to be coming, quote unquote, coming soon. I imagine soon is whenever the um, a, you know, AWS CPUs blades get upgraded to Ampere, right? Because the ones right now, they essentially equate to a 2070 in power, right? When you split uh, up the different that's, slices. That's, that's not great. That's I mean, it's fine really. for 1080p, right? 1080p, but not for 4K. But not, yeah, not for 4K. And say they're recommending a minimum of 10 Mbps for a smooth uh, 1080p stream and says that quality level can, can seem up to 10 gigabytes per hour of bandwidth when playing so how, how does that stack up with the other services like 10 gigabytes an hour is- higher bit rate than xcloud lower bit rate than stadia stadia 1080p requires like like 12 megabits per second uses um usually like it's google 
um, quotes it as like 12.6 gigabit gigabytes of actual data. So it, so I imagine this is going to be higher bit rate. Um, I also believe, well, sorry, lower bit rate, but I also believe too, they're probably just going to be doing, well, actually the codex is the more interesting part, right? Because bit rate, the bit rate argument is assuming it's VP9 and H.264. However, if they worked with Apple, that means, or there might be a chance they could be doing HEVC, H.265 encoding, right? It's that would be very interesting. I would be I would be very curious because he like H two six five hardware decoding is becoming more commonplace. It's not quite like at the level of H two six four hardware decoding, but like it is like modern Intel CPUs have it right. Like it's becoming more commonplace. Yeah, and like all of the all of the gains in bitrate, right? Where you can in theory have a similar file size, right, to an H.264 encode, but significantly higher bitrate. What if, if what if it like detects if you like can do hardware decoding for H.265 and then it, it sends you H.265? Well, that's how Stadia does it. Stadia will do H.264 if you're on a Mac. And if you're, I, well, actually, I think if you're on like the newest iMac, which technically can do VP9 hardware decoding, and it will then switch to VP9 if you can hardware decode it. Because you can only get 4K on Stadia using VP9. It won't you there is no A.264 encoding of of um 4K. Yeah, I would imagine it may, maybe there it's gonna be the same for Amazon. Like maybe there the 4K thing is gonna be like H265 only. Uh so it, another thing they are promising is Twitch integration directly, where it's like you can just uh instantly like go for watching a Twitch stream playing a game that game on luna which is uh no that's i i don't think that that's pretty neat like that's that's cool like that's you know like you're watching your favorite streamer play uh i don't know like some game and you're like all right i want to play that you know just just hop into the game that's or for like audience participation right because for obviously for games like overwatch you wouldn't do this but there are like those drawing games right or like other multiplayer games that like it does it does not matter for input latency, right? You don't need perfect precision. So just to be like, oh, five people in chat can join, right? And they get a link to it, right? Based off like however, you know, however that be implemented. But that kind of, um, you know, engagement, I think would actually be pretty cool for a stream. Yeah, I think it would be pretty neat. Whereas from a streamer's perspective, it's something like it is built into the like the Twitch dashboard or whatever. Like, and you can just like maybe click a button and invite like five people into into your game and it like they can just join using Luna. Like that would be like that would be actually pretty smart and pretty cool. But we'll see how that turns out. For now, it is all like, you know, it's all up in the air. A lot of a lot of the details are just promises at this point. We haven't seen the fulfillment yet, so it will be. But I just, I really need to see how this iOS version works because if it's a PWA on iOS, it's a PWA on iOS, which, oof, is um, in general not the best time, right? So it is, yeah. I'm curious. They're saying it is, uh, it is a WebRTC protocol. Uh, QIC is, is is a is like a specific extension of WebRTC. Yeah, and so uh, it says that uh, Luna use the the open source WebRTC protocol that Luna uses for server to player communication and back runs identically in the browser and in a native app. Uh, the protocol allow, also allow Luna to monitor network conditions and adjust streaming quality on the fly to account for congestion and provide quote unquote low latency, high fidelity gameplay. Uh, so they, wouldn't that be HLS then? Doesn't HLS let you do that? Maybe, uh, maybe it's HLS. Maybe it's maybe it's HLS. I like we'll have like it really is like we have to see what happens when this comes out. What 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 is what is like what the protocol is like? We gotta get the breakdown when when this actually like when you get the beta. 
Maybe you can, maybe you can tell. Maybe you can tell when he launched. Oh my, I'm gonna be running. I'm gonna be running performance monitoring stats and stuff in like in the developer tools while playing a game. You launch uh, like developer tools, like the, like launch developer tools and see what happens. Like, well, I mean, uh, you can tell because there's like a WebRT profile at least in Chrome, and I could probably find one for Safari that'll at least tell me like what's the stream coming in as and like what's the bit rate and all of that. I can, I can figure that out when when I get access to it. So right now they're gonna have 50 games that. Uh, and right now, like like hundred by the time the uh, the early access period is over, the invite only early access period. Uh, there are no systems to, to like players move their save data with them if they want to list if they want to like take those and leave. Uh, I I that's the thing, right? Like, how, what what is that like? What the, the like? What, if you want to like, if you're playing a game and you want to like, you know, you bought like a new console or whatever, like maybe you bought a new Xbox and you want to play that game there like can you move over like moving over your save would be nice right like that would be pretty cool well i think this is really casual focus i honestly it's like amazon right i feel like this is gonna be something that's only pushed on like fire devices and like i i don't i don't see this being like a i see this being probably a viable option because amazon could just burn money into this forever and never really care right if if it never takes the world by storm because it just be like a part of prime or something but i I think that the market, this is not even trying to compete with consoles. It doesn't have to, right? This is for like people who have like a fire stick and want to try a game. No, out. no, no, no. I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm just. I'm just. I'm just theorizing about the the possibilities of like moving saves between these platforms, which is an interesting concept to me. Well, I mean, you can't move your save anyways from like a PS4 to an Xbox unless you're like playing Destiny or something or cross save. Exactly, 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 exactly. If if if, if the game is itself is not cross save, yeah, that's true. Uh, so so this is. All in like the 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 all the, it's heating up. This market is heating up. That's what's happening. Is there's, there's a lot of competition here. Uh, a lot of different pricing models. Stadia, GeForce Now, uh, XCloud, which hasn't launched yet. Uh, Amazon Luna, which also hasn't launched yet. So you know there are some things still to be decided. We'll see what what XCloud is like. What Luna is like, and this is since this is Chosen's specific interest. We'll definitely be talking about this on the podcast <laughs> in the future. We'll have we'll uh, be having segment segments when whenever you get into the beta, uh, we'll we'll talk. Yeah, about definitely, it. definitely. I'm um, I'm curious about how the experience is. Like, I'm definitely curious from a from a technological from like the networking perspective, like how the server stuff works, like how how good is the protocol, et cetera, et cetera. So that's. Uh, so that's Luna. It's a nice name. I like the name. Luna is a nice name. Um, the, so that's that's it's got that going for it, you know. Um, so GeForce Now just sounds like a bad gamer name. So <laughs> <It's>, yeah. <laughs> so that's that's our show for the week, right? Uh, I don't think there's anything else to talk about. We're um, yeah. Um, as always, you can find us and the show notes. Uh, you can find the show notes on twoshadesofbrown.com. You can send us feedback about, uh, I don't know, uh, what Bethesda games uh, you're excited about with this acquisition. Uh, in the future, uh, at contact at shadesofbrown.com. That's an email address. And you can find me on Mastodon at PacketCat at 10forward.social. Feel free to talk to me about Wi-Fi. Uh, I love to talk to people about Wi-Fi. Uh, and you can find me on my website, solidsafe.com, that has all the other links, all the blogs and the Patreon and stuff like that. So, so where do people find you on, on this World Wide Web? You can find me on Mastodon at chosefine at chitter.xyz where you can talk to me about video codecs or my website, chosefine.website. 
All right. And with that, goodbye. Bye.